You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at HuskerCuzCast for all podcast updates and more. We are into the season. We are going to give our Minnesota recap and Colorado preview in this episode. Well, guys, it's uh, another heartbreaking loss here as the, the Huskers fell 13-10 to to Minnesota. A game that we should have won. Derek, your overall thoughts before we get into the meat of it. Well, let's just start with the old saying, kicking the balls. What a, I mean, this game is just, oh, so agonizing. It was a game that we lost because we beat ourselves once again. It has been the theme of Nebraska for the last five, six, seven, eight years. I don't know. Go back as far as you want, I guess. But it's been going on for entirely too long. We're just beating ourselves. And I and look, R- Rule will fix it. I, I do believe that. It's game one of, of Rule. But, man, I was really hoping that the, the, it, coming into fourth quarter, you guys can't tell me. It's like, we might actually have a shot to win this game. And then we got down, and we're still up 10-3. to three, And I was like, all right, we're getting down to halfway through the fourth quarter. Holy cow, we might actually do this. And then they tie it up. I'm like, okay. We get the ball back with two minutes. I'm like, just drive down the field, kick a field goal, and let's get out of here. And then my prediction of 20-17 to 17 with a game-winning field goal looked pretty decent. But it didn't happen that way. Instead, we have four turnovers that can't happen. You don't win games, especially against Big Ten teams, with four turnovers. It doesn't happen. And two in the final five minutes of uh, the game. Yeah. I mean... That's when you had the lead, and it just kind of got pissed away after you know the Anthony Grant uh, fumble there with just under five minutes, and you thought you had another shot, and Jeff Sims throws another interception. Uh, to it was heartbreaking. Yeah, I, it, it will never stop being heartbreaking to watch Nebraska lose. But all right, Tyler, it, I, get just, in here I just wish it would quit thoughts. being our fault. I mean, you know, for the first game of the Matt Rule era to go on a road uh, at Minnesota, have a minus three turnover differential, and take a fourth and ten catch of the weekend for us to lose. I mean, Daniel Jackson had easily the best catch I saw all weekend holding his foot in line. Like, against a team like Minnesota, a game that I didn't think we were going to win from day one, I think this was the third toughest game I had on the schedule, like... I just didn't see it, and there's so much to like about this game. There's some things not to, but I I know moral victories are faux pas right now in Nebraska after Scott Frost, all the one-possession losses, and it kind of hurts worse. But I just I think we just need a reset and just take it like, hey, if, you know, going back to Riley, if you're going back to Frost, their very first game, a game like that in Minnesota, like, there's a lot to like about this team right out the gate, so... Hopefully the coaches can, you know, correct some things and keep the the fan noise at bay and keep the demons away, which I think could be a problem. But yeah, I think I think there's a lot to like about this team. Yeah, there's a lot of great things. So 
I would re- I'd like to start off with the good things that we saw, and then we'll get into some of the bad stuff that we need to clean up. But a lot of great stuff, especially on defense. Tyler, talk about that defense. How good were they? Top 25? Top 10, 25? Are I mean, they? I mean, they certainly looked at it. I mean, they held them to 55 rushing yards, which was the second fewest of the P.J. Fleck era. I mean, it is remarkable to see them absolutely shut down the run game in the way they did it. Um, in passing, they looked really good in the pass attack. Um, they they overall had four pass breakups on the day, three sacks, three more hurries, an interception that was a clutch one. They were all over in that secondary um, against a pretty decent passing attack. I mean, there was... I know I get a lot of shit for always saying top 25 defense. No. But I might I might have got it right this year. I might have got it right this year because they looked it. They looked every bit the part. All right, Derek. Well, it's hard to argue. I, I, I know we like to argue, but it's, it's hard to argue. That defense looked good. And I'm, I'm going to talk about one thing that Tyler didn't talk about was that defensive line. Like, I know I – know Statistically speaking, Ty Robinson didn't have a great game, but he was in the backfield. He was getting hurries. He was pressuring the quarterback. He was doing what I what I want to see him do. Would I like to see him come up with a sack or two? Sure. But two of our three sacks came from our defensive line, one from Blaze Gunnerson and one from Tush Not, uh, Nash Hutmacher. Uh The other one I think Luke Reimer got. Uh, so we ended up with three sacks. I, I, I was happy with that. And then, I mean, and here, here's a, another stat that I, I really was, was really happy with. Our, our, the longest run we gave up was 11 yards. The whole day, 11 yards was the biggest run we gave up. The biggest pass we gave up was 20 yards. And everything else, they dink and dunk passes on us relatively, but the, 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 the back end played well. Uh, the safeties had a great game. Deshaun Singleton was all over the field. Omar Brown was an absolute pleasant surprise. Both of them led the team in tackles. Yeah, absolutely. But they, they, they were both pleasant surprises. Now, here's the problem: is I, I, I hate seeing our defensive backs leading the team in tackles. I would much rather see linebackers leading the team in tackles. But whatever. It, it was. But, but they, they threw were, the ball. They, were, they threw the they ball were, forty-four times on us. But when when they're leading the team in tackles, it wasn't to your point. It wasn't because they were getting gashed seven, eight yards of play. Uh, I mean, what I think it was two point two yards per carry as we gave up. I mean, it was very much we slowed them down. I mean, we stifled their run game. I mean, there's no other way around it. I mean, we completely stifled that run game. Derek, I want to go back to the defensive line because you talked about a lot of guys who showed, but one of the things that I left that game is the young guys. Cameron Lin- Linhart and Prince Well, they both came in this game. I thought they would play. I, I thought I was, but I thought they would look out of place week one. When they were in the game, did you guys notice a difference? Did you like, oh man, when they're in the game, our line gets pushed around because they no. did not look. They, no. they, and this is against Minnesota. And Linhart, where- Linhart looked good outside of his face mask penalty, and it, it was. I mean, he wasn't even looking at the player. He just was grabbing to try and get a hold of him and grabbed his face mask. It, but shit happens. What, when we did our Minnesota preview, what did we talk about with Minnesota? Like, is Minnesota to the point where they just reload offensive line? And, and Derek, I know you brought up multiple times. They replaced a lot of starters. And I think, Justin, you were just like, 
P.J. Fleck, he knows offensive line. Yeah. And the season will play itself out, but if you're operating under the assumption that P.J. Fleck knows offensive line, there won't be four offensive lines that we may face better than Minnesota. And they held their ground. Yeah, so I, they, I mean, they passed it, the test. When a hundred percent, absolutely, they did. When, I, when we were doing all of our preseason uh, episodes, I thought this was going to be one of the major tests to be watching, keeping an eye on is the defensive line, how that squares up against Minnesota. Because I, I had kind of expected them to get bullied a little bit, and they did not. I think they did. This, the this was game one. It was game one. I'm not going to try and read too much into it, but. Right now, they look like probably the most improved group on this on the on the. Defense. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. But it's game one. I don't, I'm not saying it's going to happen every game yet. Uh, if I have two, any two gripes about the defense, it was third down and fourth down stops. Like, got to make those. And they went two for two on fourth down and eight for seventeen on third down. <clears throat> so I mean, they gave, they got almost fifty percent of their third down complete or. Uh, third down conversions and you, you just you got to get better than that it's, it's yeah. got to be better than that Tyler and, you're ta- and you gave up 10 points off turnovers which again that's not all necessarily all on defense but again that's that's one of the, that's that's the thing that's something that killed you yeah uh they also played a lot of guys you're talking about Prince Will and uh Lenhart they played a lot of guys I mean who who expected outside to see the secondary and outside of the secondary Linebackers and, and defensive line played a lot of guys. Yeah. How, how, what was it? You guys had the snap count. Like a bear, he, he only played, I think. Two. He played two, two but snaps. he yeah. had a meaningful play because we when we, we, all, we were all watching the game together. Well, he, we saw Graver in that first series. He had a like, great what? tackle. He had a great tackle on special teams, too, but yeah. we'll get into special teams later. Uh, I don't have the snap counts uh, on me. I'm sure Derek I, has, I, I, has. Did, I did. I did not. I didn't write okay. him down. I know I, I know Gabriel. Yeah. Gabe Yor or whatever, however you say his last name. I I know Makai. He uh, I, he only had two snaps on defense, but he played he played well with the, for the two snaps he was in. Uh, All right. So we have a lot to get into. Still, uh, I want to I do want to touch on special teams because this is for the first time. Uh, special teams does not look like a li- liability for the team. Uh, they looked pretty darn good. They were returning the ball. They were covering great. Uh, I mean, Tyler, what would what, you think? Surprised? Yeah, I mean, no, I, I wasn't surprised. I, I mean, it. I thought special teams would be good, uh, improved. Um, you know, if, if you kind of go through the boxes, I mean, we had a meaningful kick return. Um, we averaged 47.7 yards a punt. Every single punt we did, we put inside their 20. Um, we were one for one on a field goal. Made all made our extra point, all of our extra points. We made our one extra point. Um <laughs> You know, that we didn't give up any really meaningful returns. Um, I think every time they took it out of the end zone, we held them below that 25. So, it was below I mean, the 20. Every kickoff yeah. return was, was, was stopped before the 20-yard line. So, I mean, so when you talk about special teams, if, you, if, if you're given in a grade, I mean, this is a really good B, B plus. I mean, you know, you would if you, to get to that A, you'd probably want to see a couple more made field goals or a longer made field goal or... Like a really dynamic game changing play. We attempted one field goal. Well, I yeah, I mean that's what I said. There, it was they they missed no opportunity. I mean, there was nothing negative about play. There wasn't a lot of wows, um, I would say, but I mean nothing negative. I, I a good B B plus effort. 
Ramirez Johnson 60. wasn't a wow moment. Yeah, Let me 60, take it to the house. A sixty-three house. yard return's not a wow moment. Okay, I hey, give him an A all day long. This special teams actually look like like we need to build our team around defensive special teams. We haven't said that well, for a long time. Yeah, but hey, right now we need to build this team around those two areas. Built like Iowa. Yeah, I mean, right now it's the way it's looking. I mean, we joke about that, and I hope it doesn't become that that dire. But that's what it's looking like. Yeah. All right, so I mean, let's Tyler. Talk- you talk- Tyler. You talked about it. Bushini had three punts, which I was shocked that that's all we punted was three times. But well, I three mean, punts, and all three of them were inside the twenty. You don't yeah, need to no punt when like, you turn the ball over. But see, but see, this is the difference from a B to an A. So if you start getting A, you start putting inside the ten and start the five. We didn't pin them in that deep. I mean, it was good. We had one meaningful return. It was good, better than we've done in the past. I mean, how many special teams have I given D's and F's? I mean. Like if you, I mean, so I mean, I, I'm certainly not sure they they played a really good game. That, but I guess that that's where I'm at. Like when I started talking about A, I'm like, yeah, let's. There was nothing. Let's get a punt inside the ten. We didn't. We didn't do that. So I mean, there was there's some things left on the little nitpicks. All right. So if we're gonna get into some nitpicking, let's talk about Jeff Sims here because uh, when you look at the struggles of this game, they were. Uh, they might have run through Jeff Sims a little bit or a lot, depending on how you look at it. So uh, this is a Tyler exercise here. We're going to play excuse or reason. Uh, is Jeff Sims, does he have an excuse or is he the reason? So so before, I, I want to give a catalyst why I suggested th- this format for everyone listening. Because I've listened to some other podcasts and I've listened to some Husker media and I've read Twitter and the whole narrative is on Jeff Sims. And I think we could all sit here and say, there's a lot of things about Jeff Sims that did not wow us. But I think there might have been some factors, or I'm curious your guys' takes, if, if these factors led to him struggling, or, yeah, it wasn't maybe in his favor, it wasn't perfect, but it's on Jeff. That that was This part's on Jeff. So that that's why I wanted to do it this way, instead of us just wow. sitting and talk shit about our quarterback for the next 11 games. I'm just Absolutely gonna. Cool. I'm just gonna tell you. I'm probably not gonna come up with a lot of it. A lot of excuses for him. Okay, so maybe everything's so, so everything's an excuse. If every time someone brings it up, it's all just an excuse. It's all on Jeff. So we'll see. Let's, let's all right. Kick it off. So number one, no consistency in the running game outside of Sims. Tyler. Yeah, I I think this is a valid reason. Um, I I think the fact that we 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 gave our number one running back going in the game the fewer carries than our number three running back. The fact that our leading carry was Jeff Sims. And I'm not saying the coach is random. There's a lot of read options, a lot of things that happen, but you treat him like a running back and you're a little bit shocked. He's not accurate. I think this is a valid reason why some struggles may have occurred. We put a lot on his shoulders for the first game in the big 10. We didn't do a lot to relieve him of it. And again, the 19 carries, was a lot to ask of him. So I, I think this is a reason why he may have struggled. Okay. Uh, Derek, agree? Uh, not necessarily because you had a consistent running back. You just didn't give him the damn ball, and that was Gabe Irvin. Gabe Irvin averaged almost eight yards a carry. And I know everyone's going, yeah, we had that 27-yard run. You take that away, he still averaged 4.7 yards a carry. I mean, and if we're going to play that game, let's take that 26-yard run away from Jeff Sims. He he averaged 4.7 yards a carry himself. 
I mean, Jeff Sims was a great runner. He he really was. He, he, but that's what he was. He was a great running quarterback. He was not a good passing quarterback. And I don't think that you can blame. I mean, if you want to blame the play calling and say that not giving the running backs is a reason why he struggled, then that, I guess, fine. That's fair. He shouldn't have ran the ball 19 times a game. I'll agree with that. But, but Jeff Sims isn't calling the plays, is he? I mean, he's no, he's not. Ten design plays, running plays for him. But him running the ball wasn't the reason we lost this game either. No. Well, no, I'm, I, I never said that's the reason why he lost this game. I, I, I more was saying that the the pounding he took, having to be the consistent running, what was an issue. I mean, that was not. I mean, it, it wasn't. Some great. of the pounding he took was on him. He could have got out of bounds a few times, and he chose to take the hit. He also made the read options. He's the one that made the read and kept the ball. Now, maybe it was the right read. Maybe it wasn't. I, I don't. I'm not going to sit here and try and tell you one way or the other. But, I mean, he, he made some decisions on his own in that. He better get used to it because after seeing what he can do with his legs and what he can do with his arm, <laughs> I want to see what he can do with his legs <laughs> moving forward. Well, it, it, it's scary because you know almost every team's going to put eight guys in the box and be like, beat us with your arm. Yeah. All right. Number two, uh, is it Jeff Sims at fault or not fault? Of, offensive line play, Tyler. Talk about that. Uh, well, I think the offensive line play played well. We, I mean, he got sacked three times. All of that came on one series in the game. So you take away one series in the third quarter. He did not get sacked a whole not- at all during the game. I think overall they gave good good job in run protection. I know this is a Jeff Sims, but I think they did really well with run blocking. I mean, averaging almost five yards a carry as a lot because of the offensive line. Um, but no, I think overall they did a good job of not giving up a lot of pressure. I mean, especially when you look at those interceptions, every single one of those interceptions, I would say he wasn't being hurried. He had the time to make the pass. I mean, so the, all those were on Jeff. Uh, and again, only one drive the whole game, giving up a sack. And granted, there was three in that drive. Uh, but but one was a covered sack, and it was supposed to be a quick screen. It, so, I, no, I think the offensive line played more than enough protection. Obviously, Turner Corcoran was the weak link in the line. But overall, a very good effort from that. So, no, I, I think that's an excuse. Tyler, just a quick follow-up on Turner Corcoran. We we need Teddy Prohaska back, like now, right? I don't think so. You don't I don't think, think so? Turner played. I don't think Turner. I he was clearly the worst offensive lineman. I don't think he was. He graded I, a of, zero on pass protection. Yeah, but I a I zero. Hate, I, I hate PFF grades. So I hate PFF, PFF updated it, and he got a twenty-five. They upgraded oh. it the next day. Oh. So, yeah, they did give him a 25, up from zero. I, okay. I, I, I don't know. I just, I, look, I'm, not a, I, I'm not blaming Turner Corcoran for every issue, but, like, Ethan Piper had an 87 for pass protection grade. I mean, I, that's a phenomenal grade. Ben well, Hart had a 68. A, that's a really good grade. But see, like, this is the shit I don't understand. So, how, okay, Ethan Piper apparently gave up no quarterback hurries, no sacks. Like, why is it only an 87? Like, what do you need to do to get 100 in pass protection? Like, I don't understand this. And then sacks, 
a zero seems extreme for only giving up three sacks. I mean, that seems... But all three sacks were on Turner Corcoran. Yeah, but again, that other one was... One of which was very misleading because it was a bubble screen to a tight end that got covered, and it was basically they released. He was a clean release because it was a screen. That's why they shot it up to 25 after. It was Maybe. zero, then he shot it up to a 25. E- either way, I mean, Turner Corcoran is not a left tackle. I, I think he's proven this time and time again. I like Turner Corcoran still. I, I, I for whatever reason, seem to hate to give up on him. But he's not a left tackle. You either need to move him inside or find something else for him to do because left tackle is not at the spot for him at all. He didn't do good last year with it. He's not starting off the year on fire this year. I, I think yes. I think we absolutely need to take Braska back. We I just we got to get my, somebody on that left side that can block somebody. I get. Here's my thing with Teddy: is I worry about where he's at. I mean, he has missed so much time. Like it's I mean, understandable. He, he's but practiced, right now. Anything has to be better than what Corcoran's doing. I I don't think Turner was that bad. I think you could put a tackling dummy out there right now and probably do better than what Turner Corcoran's doing. <laughs> I. Yeah, I I don't think he was near that bad. I, okay, that's probably going a little extreme, but and I and look again. I think Turner Corcoran could be a really good line, uh, offensive lineman. It's just not at left tackle. I, they need to move him inside. That's where he played better. Yeah, it is where he played better, and I, yeah. I, and I think he could excel there. I just don't think left tackle is a spot for him. And, it, and unfortunately, I don't. Maybe maybe Prohaska is not the answer. Maybe we don't have an answer at left tackle. I don't know. All right, let's move to the next topic here for Jeff Sims, excuse or reason. And this is going to be a lot more relevant to Jeff Sims here. And this is the receivers. Tyler, talk to us about this. Yeah, I think it's a valid reason. Um, I I did not see a lot of plays of wide open wide receivers. Um, th- there seemed to be very, very little separation um, the, the one play that kind of stands out there, well, maybe a couple plays that stood out was at the goal line with Borkter was sitting wide open in the end zone. I mean, there was definitely a clear gap there. That was a misread. Tommy Hill had a play where he was running completely open. Uh, that was a bad throw. Um, but generally speaking, you know, Alex Bullock was wide open in the end zone on that trick play. Just Sims got that. I just didn't see a lot of separation from the wide receivers. Uh, IGC getting injured probably didn't help this the standpoint, but I don't know if it was by past designs playbook, but there just did not seem to be much separation there all day. For so I, I think that I, I brought this up the end of the season that the wide receivers were not going to make Jeff Sims look good, and when you're not getting open, all the Trey Palmer last year getting wide open half the time. I mean that when they did catch it, there wasn't many runs after they pretty much got tackled as soon as they caught it every single time um i don't know if you guys have the yak yards but i gotta imagine the single digits uh i cannot call one broken tackle or make a guy miss and did harburg so, did harburg break a tackle I, don't think, I think he basically ran out of bounds is what i thought he did but he didn't run through somebody okay well he had seven yards after after the catch i don't know if he broke a tackle harburg so, yeah, I mean, uh, so let's talk about Harburg. Harburg uh, gets a catch. I mean, what what would you think there, Tyler? I mean, I've been 
clamoring for him playing an H-back tight end role for about six months now. So, I mean, now if he's your number two quarterback, is this a Matt Rules looking a little bit at the NFL model with the Saints and uh, um, Tatum down there? I I don't know. Like, hey, we got to find a way to get this guy on the field. That could be it. But, yeah, I think that that probably goes to show what depth we have at some of these specialty positions. All right, Derek. Uh, is that a valid reason the receivers for uh, Jeff Sims? I, I I don't maybe I. I mean, Tyler made some valid points, but I want to throw some frustration out here for you guys. You realize that we only threw to a tight end twice in this whole game, and one of them was to Borkerter, and the other one was to Harburg. Fedoni had zero targets. I mean, come on, guys. This is another year where we're sitting here talking about, oh, the tight end is going to be a big part of this offense. And they had two targets in the whole game. These tight ends were supposed to be part of the reason that we got some pressure off these wide receivers, and we're not even throwing to them. I don't know if that's on Sims. I don't know if it's on play calling. Again, I'm not going to sit here and try and be the X's and O's guy because I'm not the X's and O's guy. What I know is stats, and what I and the stats tell me that there was zero attempts to hardly get the ball to the tight ends. There was very little effort to get the ball to them. Thomas Fedoni is supposed to be one of the best pass-catching tight ends we've had in the history of Nebraska, according to recruiting rankings and everything else. And he's just non-existent in the game. And I don't know if it was on him, don't know if it's on Jeff Sims, and I don't know if it's on play calling. But what I know is we should be trying to get that guy the ball. So he had a lot of snaps. I thought I thought he did have a lot of thirty eight snaps. So he was. And I I also got to tell you. So when I looked at the uh, starters for this game, it was amazing to me (laughs) that we had zero starters for wide receivers. We had six offensive linemen and three tight ends. Yeah, that's because where we got the ball, though. I mean, I get it. Yeah, it was still pretty crazy. To not have any wide receivers out there at all was pretty crazy. So I feel like uh, this is kind of like a missed opportunity here to talk about Billy Kemp. Tyler, where's Billy Kemp? I I don't know. I mean, Matt Rule said today he was the first read in nine nine different passes. Um, I, I, I know you guys said he only had two targets. I felt it was more... Um, he also did not look like he had a lot of separation. I don't know if that was route design. Well, I will ma- tell you this. The, the the one play I remember he got targeted was when the linebacker knocked the ball down about halfway between him and Billy Kemp. I mean, it was it was a good play by that linebacker. Billy Kemp had some separation on that play. I don't know what he does with the ball when he gets it, if it gets to him, but he had some separation on that play. I, yeah, I guess – but. If Billy Kemp is your number one wide receiver, him going catchless and Fedoni going catchless, that that is a big deal. Um, they they need to rectify that going into Colorado. They they cannot have, and maybe these guys aren't going to be your number no, one. No, they don't weapons. need to rectify it in Colorado. Colorado. We'll get into that later. But Colorado, we need to have about three hundred yards rushing. We don't need to be throwing well, the ball much. Well, we'll get in that in Colorado. So keep yeah. All right, so I want to push this uh, along a little bit quicker here. Uh, We'll do one more of these for Jeff Sims. So let's do Minnesota defense here. So how much uh, did Minnesota defense have to do with Jeff Sims struggling? Tyler. 
I mean, I'm sure they, they obviously had something to do. I mean, to say they didn't would be insane, but I'm going to say this is an excuse. Like, if Minnesota's defense, to me, did not look like one of the... I do not believe, after watching that game, that Minnesota's going to be one of the three or four toughest defenses Matt uh, or uh, Sims is going to face this year. I think you look at what Wisconsin can do, you look at Iowa, you look at Michigan... I know Illinois struggled to a degree, but even maybe what they do or Michigan State, I think there are going to be tests comparable to Minnesota. So, yes, Minnesota played well. I, I don't want to say that, that this was a bad defense, but if if you're going to use Minnesota's defense as the reason we struggled and the reason the turnovers happened, then we're going to see a lot more of this because he can't play to that competition, and he's going to face that level or above competition in a lot of Big Ten play. I agree with all of that. Derek? I do agree with some of that, most of it probably, but I think you're downplaying Tyler Newbin and that Wally. I think they, they were probably two of the better defensive backs we're going to see. And he made great catches. I mean, the, the catches he made for those interceptions were not... Ty- Tyler Newbin yeah. is easily a top three round pick. Sure, sure. I, I just, but maybe don't throw his way. Maybe maybe, maybe I mean, don't throw his way would have been an option there. Like maybe at least have him in your line of sight when you throw it. Yeah, I mean, so yes. All right, so coming up next is Colorado. Colorado, they had a hell of a game against TCU. They pulled it out. They won uh, forty-five to forty-two, and they were twenty and a half point underdogs. Uh, that's who we're facing at 11 o'clock on Fox. Gus Johnson will be on the call again. Uh, Colorado, right now, they are three-point favorites, and the over-under is 58.5. Actually, I've seen some lines even at 3.5 for Colorado. Uh, so, Tyler, you saw the, the TCU-Colorado game. What did we learn from it? Well, I mean, we, le- we learned that Colorado is really athletic on the outside. Um and Sanders is a hell of a quarterback. Um, I think there was some question, you know, was it nepotism that got in the job? There's no doubt this guy's a really good player after watching that game. Um, Travis Hunter might be one of the best college football players or at least games that I've seen in a while. Like, he he was phenomenal, playing over 100 snaps. I And I don't even know if he's their best wide receiver. Like, you have Jimmy Horn look really good. Dylan Edwards out of the backfield looked phenomenal. Um they played a very, very good game, and uh, the, the things that you thought were going to be weaknesses with Colorado did not come into play against TCU. I mean, their pass protection really held up okay. It didn't matter their defense wasn't good because they could just outscore them, um, and they made timely interceptions in the red zone. I think they had two in the red zone to stop touchdown, so... It didn't matter that they gave up a lot of yards and couldn't stop TCU at all because they just outscored them and got a couple of timely turnovers. So, I mean, kudos to that team. Um, they, they are a formidable opponent on Saturday, no doubt about it. Derek? Well, I, I believe I tried telling you guys this for a while. This was Colorado team was going to be tough. And I believed it before this, and I believe it even more now. But you, you can argue with me all you want, Tyler, but I've been telling you this. They may not have a good defense, but their offense is going to be tough to stop. And that's what I've been saying all offseason. And, and they proved it. And, and, and they Shadur did, and Sanders they, broke a Colorado record with 510 passing yards. 
against yeah. a three-three-five defense. Yeah. I like how the narrative has changed that the number 17 ranked TCU team, it, they're just not that good. Exactly. They're just a bad it, team. That's the only reason it's, why it's, they... It's, uh, it's, it's such a terrible take. Like, I, I get it. Like The narrative what, changes. Oh, ranked team. Oh, they're so, terrible. So my, so, so my question to you is this, and I want an honest answer. If TCU and Minnesota play, who do you think wins that game? I'd say TCU. Probably. I it's a tough one. I, I would be torn on that game. I'd probably lean towards TCU maybe. I, I just I will be interested to see what TCU does. I mean, they're gonna play in the Big Twelve, so they're definitely gonna go bowling because that conference doesn't deserve to be a power five conference. It's a trash conference. But I mean you have you have Texas Tech losing at Wyoming, you have Baylor losing to Texas Tech State, and those are two of your seven best teams in the conference. It's a trash conference. Like I get All right, it. Well, let's let's just talk about a little bit what about Colorado did. Okay. All right. I want to talk about Shadur <laughs> Sanders first. That dude passed forty-seven times, only had nine incomplete passes. To put it in narrative, Jeff Sims had eight complete passes on nineteen attempts. That's pretty friggin' awesome. It's five hundred ten yards, four touchdowns. Colorado had four players. Three wide receivers and a running back that had more receiving yards than Nebraska had passing yards. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know what, Derek, I, 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 I agree with you one hundred percent. I think Colorado is a better passing team than Nebraska. I, I it's going to be tough to you. stop. It, it, it's not just that they're a better passing team; it's they're, they're a better scoring team than what we are. I, I mean. Again, there. I, I, I think, I think that TCU's defense might not be that great. I mean, they weren't that good last year. They were in the like the nineties in the country. Let's talk about Travis Hunter a little bit. Dude had eleven catches for one hundred and nineteen yards, but also was one of the guys that had an interception on defense. And he played over hundred. Like stats. that dude is like you keep up those kind of stats for the year. We're talking Heisman finalist. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, yeah, that guy's. I mean, he was a five-star guy going going to Jackson State. He was he was a number one recruit, not yes. just a five-star. He was he was the best high school prospect. Yeah, again, and he looked and he looked apart, right? For sure, yeah, he, he absolutely looks apart. And and Deion Sanders is going to ride him until he falls down because that guy is such a great athlete. And if he stays healthy, that kid's going to be man. I, I I don't look forward to trying to stop these receivers. And you got Dylan Edwards who's running out of the backfield. Uh, Xavier Weaver, who had six catches for 118 yards. Jimmy Horn, who had 11 catches for 117 yards. Like, it's going to take our secondary to be in shutdown mode to try and slow these guys down. Not to not to beat them; they're going to be in shutdown mode just to slow them down. Yeah, can't be giving up the big play. I rewatched an abbreviated uh, version of the Colorado TCU game today. And it, it just seemed like highlight after highlight for both teams, really. For both teams. There's zero defense yeah. played. No, there in was that no game. defense. But there was like highlight after highlight through there. I was really shocked about how good Colorado is with their skill position players. That's that caught me off guard. I knew that they had a little bit of talent there. I didn't think that they had as much talent as what uh we saw on Saturday with with what they demonstrated. And maybe, maybe TCU is the worst 
uh, defense in the uh, country, but we saw our defense. We feel pretty good about it. How many yards uh, will do we have to limit Shadur Sanders to make you feel good about it? He threw 510 on Saturday. I mean, is the goal just to hold him under 300 to feel yeah. good about this game? Is that is yeah, that? I, it? I think so. I you absolutely are gonna have to hold him under 300. I, I think. Yeah. I also think you're gonna have to have about 300 yards rushing in order to beat this team. Well, so Derek, how, how should we attack Colorado? Just well, run. okay. So let's talk about their defense a little bit more. Here, here's another stat that just absolutely blew my mind. TCU had zero tackles for loss or sacks. Yeah. Zero. I mean, they're not good at stopping the run. TCU had, I think, like 262 yards rushing on them. Their biggest mistake was starting to throw the ball 40-something times. They should have just kept running the ball. Uh, Nebraska needs to run the ball. They need to be methodical. They need to take the time off the clock. They need to limit Colorado's possessions. Like, that's the only way you're going to beat this team. Your, your defense can't be out there 30 minutes in this game and expect to shut these receivers down because it's not going to happen. I, I agree. I, I think there was probably an element to TCU's struggles, a little bit of I, I think their offensive coordinator in Colorado called the hell of a game. The, the schemes that they were running, like I, maybe it was TCU, but there was four or five plays. You talked about no incomplete passes. How many passes were really in the coverage? How many passes were like, man, that, that was a, you know, catch right over the middle and hit right away? Because there was a lot of yak yards in that game because there was no one around these wide receivers and running backs. So I, I don't know if that was TCU or just a really good scheme or a little bit of not really knowing what they were going to call. Um, this was a new offensive coordinator. from. This wasn't with him at uh, Jackson State. So, I mean, was there an element of, hey, this was a no film on the team, didn't really know what to expect, and I, I just, I, yeah, I, I think that to beat them, you're right. We're not going to hold them under 250 yards. That, that's not on the board. Like, they're too dynamic, as good as I think our secondary is, and I think our secondary is much better than TCU's. Like, and it's strength on strength. That's the thing about this game. Like, the teams that worry me are the teams that are going to run it up the gut. And this is not Colorado. So I do think there's a little bit of an element of like, hey, this is what we're made to stop. But I, 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 I got to believe Tony White has our defensive backs in a better position than TCU did on Saturday. I disagree with you. At the beginning of the year, I probably disagree. I probably agree with you on that. But I'm not so sure that stopping a run isn't more impressive with what we did. And we held Minnesota, who tends to run the ball all over people, to 55 yards rushing. Like that, we stopped the. But we gave up 251 yards passing to Minnesota. They threw it so many times, though. Hey, you don't think this team's going to throw it that many times? I'm sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just. But I, I think the the reason we gave up a lot of. And I, do, I don't. I, they have much better skill players than what I think Minnesota. And no, this is no no uh, slam on Minnesota because I, I Corey Coombs absolutely impressed me. But uh, I mean, but but again, I mean, we what was I mean? He was fifty four percent completion. I mean, yeah, I know they had some yards. Uh, they had one hundred ninety six yards passing yards against us, but right. he was fifty four percent like. 
I I would. We were far from getting shredded in the air against Minnesota. But there were some. I I, I don't. I didn't see any PFF grades on Minnesota, but. There were some drop passes. A few drops. Certainly a few drops. There were some good defended passes. There were some bad throws. I, I just don't think you're going to have that with Shadur Sanders. I, I, he, throws a, he is far and above a quarterback of what Ethan, whatever his last name so, is. So, Tyler, I know you just got done talking trash about TCU's defense. But uh, Phil Steele... This year had TCU's defensive backfield number one in the Big 12 and their linebackers at number three in the Big 12. How many returning starters did they have? Eight, I believe, on defense. I think so. They only had three returning on offense, but there wasn't their offense that lost in that game. Yeah, I I mean, they they were 91st last year in total defense. Uh, So, I mean, they, they were not a great defense last year. I... Here's the thing. Maybe I'll eat my words here. And again, I certainly don't think they're Colorado proved a lot Saturday. I mean, for me to not say they didn't is crazy. I just people are acting like this is the most talented team in the country on offense. The hype that has been built around this Colorado team is unlike anything that I have seen in modern college football. Like <laughs> you love speaking in hyperbole. <laughs> when have you seen a team that was one and eleven after one game? Being the headliner of every college sports show. Like, yeah. and, they, and they look good, but they won by three points. It took two red zone turnovers to do it. Like, they, they certainly because didn't they're going to win a lot of shootouts. They're, they're going to be, I mean, so. Look, I, their I, defense isn't great. Like, they gave, up seven, good. They gave up 7.08 yards per carry that, run, running the ball. Which yeah. is, I. Look, the, TCU screwed up. They should have never stopped running the ball. They should have. But instead, they tried to get into a shootout with them, and they did. And they lost it. And if you so, try to get into a shootout with, with Colorado, you're probably going to lose that game. So what do you think that our game plan really is? I know we want to say we're going to run the ball a lot, and we probably will. But uh, what will the coaches do with Jeff Sims? Are they going to try to build up his confidence, allow him to throw the ball, say, 19 times in this game? Especially if it's going to be a shootout like we, I, I don't know, maybe I'm jumping ahead. I kind of think it could be a shootout. Do you let Jeff Sims throw the ball in this game? I mean, you have to. I mean, there's going to be situations where he's going to have to throw. And you're going to have to throw to keep the defense honest. Because otherwise they are just going to stack eight, nine guys in the box and say, okay, beat us with your arm. So he's going to have to throw the ball. You're going to have to have some play action in there. It's going to catch him off guard. It's going to have to happen, yes. Yeah, I, I mean, I think TCU exposed their secondary. I think Colorado, there's yards to be had there. Um, I, I mean, I certainly expect a heavy dose of running attack. Um, I think an interesting conversation is it looked like where TCU was getting a lot of their rushes were on those little zones to the outside. Yeah. Which to me seemed like more of an Anthony Grant, Ramir Johnson Ramir. type play. Now I do think Gabe Irvin could definitely feed on them going up the middle, but it does the, the bigger gap plays I saw from TCU were those outside runs where they just hit that corner and just absolutely smoked their linebackers. And that again, that does seem not Gabe Irvin's strength. So I do wonder uh what the, the splits are gonna be. For running backs, but no, I mean, I mean, I expect a 
And I and I think that that's what we're going to do. And I think on defense, like you got to throw different looks at them. You you can't sit there and just let them go. Oh, I'm going to go a drag right across the middle again and not have anyone there. Like there was no nothing that threw them off all day. They had these wide open drags right across the middle against TCU, and I I got to think Tony White's got a scheme up better than that to prevent that. I think we're more athletic at linebacker. I think we're than TCU. I just I think we're a way better defense. I don't think it's going to be this easy street, Sanders. And maybe I'll be eating my words come next week, but I don't think it'll be that at all. Okay. So Ty Robinson, we know that he's going to be out for the first half of uh, this game. Uh, how big of a deal is that? Big deal, deal, or just no deal, Tyler? I think it's a little deal. I mean, uh, Matt Rule said today that. He's told Ty Robinson to be ready to play all the whole second half. Um, but I, I think we proved enough with the guys that could play against a team like Minnesota that I, I have no worries about the our defensive line going in and being able to play against this Colorado offensive line. Yeah, I, I mean, they are not, I do not believe the caliber of Minnesota's offensive line. And if we hold our own there, I certainly think we will be able to survive a half without Ty Robinson. Derek? I think it's a little bit bigger deal than maybe what Tyler does. Uh, he, he's the leader of that defensive line. He, now, we didn't drop off a lot once he got out, but I, I, th- I think it's uh, it's definitely more than just no deal. And it's probably not a huge deal, but it's somewhere in between that huge deal and a deal. Like Losing his leadership is going to be hurtful, I think. I think he's going to come in like a madman, though. In the second I, half, once he comes back, great. That first half, you hope things don't get out of hand. He he, he might headbutt a locker on the way out there. He, he might just don't headbutt another quarterback and we'll be fine. But <laughs> Yeah, but, don't do that. Don't do but that. But he, he's going to be fired up. Derek, how do you see this game playing out? Oh, man. I, I tell you, I've, I've gone back and forth and back and forth. I, I, I don't know how this game's going to play. The, the, the only thing I can hope for is that we control the clock. I hope we have the ball for 40 minutes plus. And I hope we're running the ball. I hope Gabe Irvin has the best game of his career. I'm hoping we don't have to rely on Jeff Sims to run the ball. I, that's, the only, that's the only way we're going to beat these guys, I think. I don't think they can stop the run. I don't think they're going to. I think our offensive line will be fine as far as that goes. And running backs, and, and look, Anthony Grant, I don't think he's out. Like everybody's like, oh, he's done. He fumbled the ball. I know he's had his struggles, but I, I don't think he's just not going to play. And so I, I expect, hope, I'm hoping to see one of those games where we see like two running backs with 100 yards rushing because we're going to have to run the ball. And, I, and I, Tyler, I disagree with you. I, I'm absolutely hoping to God that it's not 60-40. I'm hoping more like 70-30 at least. Do you, Derek? Do you see Anthony Grant playing in the game if the game is tight or close? Yes, you do. Okay, yeah, he, he's still a big playmaker. I know. He, even listening to Matt Rule after the after in the post game presser, you know, he didn't sound like he was giving up on Anthony Grant. I don't think we should either. I don't know what his deal is right now because the guy never fumbled the ball last year, and so I don't know what his what his problem is right now, but. He's got to get it fixed. And, and let's be 
again, a fumble is a fumble, right? And and you got to protect the ball with that time in the game. But let's be clear, like he was he was nine yards. He had broken a nice run. He had a nice pathway, and a guy came from behind and hit him right on that ball and punched it out. And again, shouldn't happen, but. I mean, if you want to talk about like turnovers in that game, that was by far the best. And, and, give, and give that defender credit. Like, yeah, great play. He, by that was a great play by that defender. So, but yeah, I, I, I to answer that question, I mean, I, I don't. I think if we're in a tight game, I imagine we're feeding Gabe Irvin. Uh, I, I, I would think that's how it plays at this juncture, uh, unless Anthony. I, Grant I agree, really, but I think Anthony really Grant really gets some plays. I. I'm you just you're not gonna be all run. You're not gonna be all run Gaber forty times. No, I mean, will we run a running back more than Jeff Sims against Colorado? Just name a whoever running back you think it'll be. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay, I, I think you have to. Uh, well, I think I think Jeff Sims is going over fifteen carries. I'll tell you that. I think I, I agree, but I, we need a running back with twenty carries or more. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see Jeff Sims going 16 to 18 carries. I could see Gabe Irvin just barely edging him out at, like, 19 to 22. Uh, let's see here. We've talked about some key players. Uh, Tyler, how, do, how did you see this game uh, playing I mean, out? So I think there's going to be a little bit of an element where Colorado comes back to reality. I I, I think they're good offensively. I don't think they're the best offense in college football. Um, I think that Nebraska is going to come out with a little bit of chip on their shoulder, a little bit of a uh, anger on that defense there. They, they spent all week hearing this and this is, this is no pun intended. This is prime time for this defense. This is where you get noticed because there will be no more game Saturday that have more eyeballs on this one. So I, I think they come out, they play well. And I think like Derek and everyone, I think we're going to run the ball and have a lot of success. And every time they put eight, nine guys in the box, I do expect Jeff Sims to play better and make a couple plays to make him pay. I, I, I don't know who it will be, but I would not be shocked to see either Fedoni or Kep have a big game. I think that one of those or, two Or kind Marcus of going. Washington, who was apparently suspended for the first half. Yeah. And I, he had I, a I, decent I, second half. I, they threw to him three or four times and he caught. I think they threw to him four times and he caught three of them. Yeah, I, I so I, I think we'll have I think we'll have things a little bit going. I I think we will pass better and we will run better than we did against Minnesota. Tanner, do you it, think during this game, if Jeff Sims does struggle throwing the ball, he does have multiple interceptions that we might see Chubba Purdy or Harburg in the game? I mean, I think these coaches have gone all in on Jeff Sims. And I think that Whatever his leash is, I think it is longer than a Colorado game struggle. So, no. But I do think if we see another two, three interception game, I know what our prediction is going to be for our number one topic for the next week's podcast because we will be 0-2 if he does that again. Yeah. Derek, what about you? Any chance we see Cheba Purdy if uh, multi-interceptions by Jeff Sims? I, I'm going to say no. I, I'm with Ty. I... I think they've gone all in on him. I this to me is uh Scott Frost, Adrian Martinez type. Like I and maybe it's just my lack of trust in Chubba Purdy too. I but no, I, I just don't see it. I and maybe maybe that would have helped. Maybe it may or maybe it would help to 
let Jeff Sims sit for a series or two and yeah. be like, look, put somebody else in because you're not doing it. I could see a scenario where that, that happens. If he does get two or three interceptions, especially if it's early, just, hey, try it out. Well, and, 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 and if Matt Rule's being serious that he feels that we could win some games with Chubba Purdy or Henry Carver, yeah. don't know how serious he is by, by that comment. But if he is serious about that comment, there's no reason you couldn't trust one of them for a series or two. All right. Uh, it's time for predictions. Tyler, what is your Colorado-Nebraska score prediction? Well, I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring than a lot of people think. I think that Colorado comes back to reality a little bit. I think Nebraska moves the ball fairly effectively on them. I got the Huskers winning 30-21. to 30-21. Nice. Not picking against Nebraska this week, huh? I was right, though. I picked against Nebraska, but I was right. So that I get half a point for that. Half a point. All right, Derek, your score prediction. All right. So I hope Tyler's right. Absolutely 100% hope Tyler's right. I would love to win a game by nine points. Oh, I would love just to win a game. Uh, I, I don't think it happens in this game. I... I I'm sorry. I, I hate doing it. But I think Colorado wins 35-31. 35-31. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you, Derek. Uh, I kind of agree here. Our struggles on offense look really bad right now. No consistency, no identity. Throwing the ball is uh, just some... I, I want to like him. I was uh, all on board with him. But God, he, he he struggles a lot, and I know this is the game where he could get it going. But this the offense that we're playing, I think they are going to get. They're just going to make a couple more big plays than what we are. So I have Colorado so, winning twenty eight twenty seven. So you skipped one of the questions I, I wanted you to ask. But is this a must win for Matt Rule? No, Matt, there is no must win for Matt Rule. Matt, it, Matt Rule at this if point. it's a must win. If you if your goal this season is to play in a bowl game this year, yes. So if that's your goal to get to postseason, yes, you need to win this game. I I, I agree with you guys. I, I think this is a hundred percent a must win, and not in the context that Matt Rule is going to get fired, not that he'll be on the hot seat. But there is, I mean, there is no bigger game Nebraska is going to play in in this, in twenty twenty three than this game. I mean this this has. All the, the the ratings for this game are going to be insane. All eyes are on Nebraska. This could elevate your program to a level very, very quickly if you win. And I agree with you. I think if you don't win this game, I, I don't want to say the door closes on postseason play, but, I mean, it damn near closes. And in going 0-2, like, we've seen, I mean, the, the, you wonder what I, that I don't know if I does. agree with that. You get... You get a moment. You get some momentum going with a couple wins. Then you go into Michigan, play them tight. Maybe, possibly play them tight. You could get some momentum going and win some games. There's still a lot of winning. It's not close. I mean, it's certainly not close. I mean, you look at Purdue, Northwestern. Both of them look very beatable. I mean, Northern Illinois looks scary right now, but I mean, I don't know. I, I just think if you lose this game, there's a lot of noise. But I think winning this game just changes everything for this year yeah i mean o- over under 25 percent red in this in, in Folsom field over again 
I, I got to imagine over. As hard as they've tried to keep Nebraska out, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I, it, I, se- it seems hard to believe with as hard as they've tried to keep Nebraska fans out, I guess. Yeah. There'll, there'll be more Colorado fans than last time we played there, but. Oh, yeah. So Absolutely. one thing I wanted to point out is Colorado, they did go on the road to upset TCU. And Nebraska, we're going back on the road to play them in their field. I mean, does, does it change a little bit now that these guys are playing at home now? I, I think it does. I, those fans are fired up. I mean, those fans were fairly fired up before. But if they had gotten just blasted by TCU, you wonder where the fans are at. You wonder right. how many fans actually show up for the game. There's no way any Colorado fans not showing up to this game right now that has tickets. So, so I do wonder though. Like Travis Hunter played over a hundred snaps. There was a lot of snaps in that speed. Like, do you think? I know that he's used to the altitude to a degree, but this is also a kid that's from Florida. Like, I do wonder if he's capable of being that effective. If they ask him to do that much again, I, I don't know. And I and I think this is going to be a different game. I, I got to imagine that Matt Rule is sitting there saying, we will control the tempo of this game. We, we are not hiking and that, it. And that's why he's not going to have 100 plays in this game. But I just think the pounding he's going to get. I, I mean, I'll tell you this much. What I'm doing is I'm having Thomas Fedoni go and try to block him every chance he I got. Anytime you can get a tight end or going out there and blocking wow. him, I'm, I'm if hitting If I'm doing him. that, I'm putting Borkinger out there. To well, whoever him. it is. I, I, Whatever. I, I'm beating him up. I'm being physical. I, I just, watching that game, TCU's line had their way. I, God, I just, I think we're more physical. But this is a huge game for Matt Rule. Very early, huge game. So early weather forecast for Boulder on Saturday, 88 degrees. Is That's going to be high. It's That's going to be a hot, a hot 88. I mean, uh, Travis Hunter did 129 plays in Fort Worth where it was uh, 104. So, yeah, but the altitude. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, any anything else on Colorado? I can't believe you guys are both picking. Uh, see, last week I was right with Minnesota. This week I'm gonna be right with the Huskers. I hope I hope you are. Uh, yeah, I'm rooting for you, Tyler. I, I am 100 percent rooting for you to be right, and I will eat my crow. All day long, if I'm wrong. But right now, it's just that, that their offense is just going to be tough to stop. And I, I love Tony White. I love this defense. But this is probably the toughest task they're going to have all year. No. This will be the probably this will be the toughest offense they play this year. Yeah, Over Michigan. I, I think so. I think. Yeah, I think Michigan. Michigan's just a better overall team. I mean, yeah. they're. It's their defense. It's their offense. It's everything about Michigan. Do you, do you think Sanders the, but, is a better quarterback than J.J. McCarthy? Yeah. Yeah. I think you guys are buying way too much hype off of one game. That's that's what I think there's a little bit. It's not uh, off one game. It's, it's off his career. How many? What? Go, go back and look what that school? guy did at Jackson State. Go, go, just go back and watch what that guy did. Because he was good there, too. Jackson's and I get it. I get that was a completely different level of competition. And that's why everybody guy, discounted him because he came from there. And it turns out he can do that against Power 5 teams. Yeah. But it's I, not really Power 5. TCU's in Big 12 land. That's not a power conference. Okay. 
I know it we'll makes see. you feel better by saying that. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. I, it I, certainly does. I, I'm not going to sit here and t- just believe that TCU was a shit team that he just had a good game over. Yeah. You make he it sound phenomenal. like it was so fluky. I, I mean, I mean, is, is Wyoming's quarterback a Heisman? I mean, they beat a Big Twelve team. I mean, Jesus! I mean, he, he must be a powerhouse. What about Texas State? Did, 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 did he throw five hundred? Did he throw five hundred ten yards? Because I, I missed that part. I don't know. Maybe hell if I know. I didn't watch any of that damn game, but <laughs> scored thirty four points. Yeah, I'm I don't assuming know. he did we'll, throw we'll five hundred ten yards. We haven't heard anything from him. Was because he's done. I, I, can't even, I can't even tell you who their quarterback is. Real quick, I will tell you that Wyoming's quarterback threw for. Uh, uh, I, I guess it wasn't much. <laughs> How the hell did Wyoming score so many damn points? <laughs> they had 300 yards total offense. Wow, that's why we didn't hear about him. So, uh, what about so Texas the answer is no. He should not be a Heisman contender. That's uh, insane. How did 300 yards total offense? How did huh. they score so many points? And I, look, I get it's week one, and I get that the odds of this happening are slim and none, but right now, looking at Colorado, you can see her and go, they have two Heisman hopefuls on this team between yeah, Travis after week one. and Shadur Sanders. And you're right, it is just week one. I would short that stock. I would short it. I'm not Maybe. buying I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're going to have two guys in, sitting in New York, but... They might have one. But it's very possible they could have one. Yeah, the Pac-12, there'll they'll be, they'll be some teams they can put up yards against the Pac-12. Just Nebraska's a different league, I think. All right, games of the week. Uh, last week, uh, again, for the games of the week this year, we're doing something different. We're going against the spread instead of straight up. Uh, last week, Derek, you went 4-1 and one against the spread, which is awesome. And Tyler, we suck at 2-3 and three against the spread. So games of the week, we got a it, we got a lot of good games this weekend. Last weekend, I, I don't know how great the games were. I mean, it was great seeing college football, but I think there's some uh, pretty good matchups that we're going to talk about here. Uh, first one, Texas number eleven, Texas at number four, Alabama. Alabama seven point favorites as we record this. Uh, Derek, you know. I'm probably going to sound stupid for saying this, but Alabama wasn't all that impressive def- offensively. Uh, Jalen Milrow, their co- the quarterback for Alabama, actually led the team in rushing with 48 yards rushing. I, I that that completely shocked me. Uh, they scored a lot of points. Uh, but they didn't have a lot of offensive yards. I mean, they, I think they had 205 yards rushing. Uh, I they did they just didn't surprise. They did they shocked me a little bit. I, I was expecting more out of Alabama, I guess. Uh, Texas, I thought looked good. Their defense looked good. I think Alabama will win this game being in Tuscaloosa, but I think it's a little closer than this seven point spread. And I think Texas covers the spread. Okay, Tyler. So. Last week was an abysmal week of gambling. And one of the many, many bets that I lost was I had bet Texas to cover. And the, the I lost that with three minutes left in the game against Rice when Luke McCaffrey scored a touchdown for Rice that put the spread out of reach. So 
Luke McCaffrey's just, fucking you again. He just he's he's a gift that keeps on giving. Uh, but no, I I having money on that game. I watched a lot of. It. I didn't think Quinn Ewers looked that good. I I think Alabama at home is going to eat him alive. I I like Alabama in this game to cover. I do too. Uh, Rice does have a very good defense. Texas they looked okay, uh, but Alabama, they they're, with their defense. Yeah, you're right. Quinn Ewers is going to see a little bit, uh, a lot more than what he saw out of Rice. Uh, so I'm taking Alabama to cover. Number 19, Wisconsin, six and a half point, six and a half point favorites at Washington State. Derek, Tanner Mordecai is a terrible quarterback. I said it before. I'll say it again. I'm, I'm not even I, look. Washington State, that Cameron Ward. Threw 75.5% passes for 451 yards and three touchdowns. Another great quarterback. He, I think he's a much better quarterback than Kana Mordecai. I, I, not only do I have Washington State covering this spread, I think Washington State wins this game. Really? Interesting. That's a, that's a bold I, prediction right there, Darren. I, I was not impressed with Wisconsin. Their defense... Looked okay against against Buffalo, but they are playing a much tougher offense this week. And I th- I think Cameron Ward's gonna have a good day against them. Okay. Well, I agree with you in the sense that I think that uh, the better quarterback plays for Washington State. Two interceptions last week from Mordecai did not look good. What did look good for Wisconsin was the three hundred yards rushing. Um, now this is a Buffalo, but it is Wisconsin. I think a little bit of a revenge factor here. I. Probably the second toughest game I'm going against. Probably actually won't bet on it, but I would take Wisconsin to cover. Um, I think that they're just going to be able to have their way physical, physically with them. Um, so, yeah, I got Wisconsin to cover. So this is scary, Tanner, because I also have Wisconsin in this one. I do think Tanner Mordecai is going to play a lot better in this game. Uh, but the fact that Derek went four and one last year, and we went two and three, and we're like agreeing here, Tyler scares the shit out of me. Uh, <laughs> I like you will not bet this game because I don't know, I, I don't know how it'll, it's going to go. Uh, that Washington State quarterback, he is pretty good, uh, but I shit, I don't know, man. <laughs> not putting real money on this one at all, not a chance. But I have Wisconsin for us. Derek, this is your favorite game coming up here of the weekend. Uh, Illinois at Kansas. Kansas is three and a half point favorites. Yeah, and it, in this game, I think it's going to turn out to be something the complete opposite of what I was expecting. Uh, originally, I thought there should be a low scoring affair. I thought Illinois defense would still look good. Uh, but, man, Kansas... While they struggled against Missouri State, they did. They struggled for the first, I think, two qu- quarter and a half, and then they kind of started running away with it. Uh, but they won 48-17. They, they did what they had to do. Uh, they had their backup quarterback in. He looked good while he was in. Now I believe I heard their starting quarterback, uh, I forget his name, is Jaylen coming Daniels. back. Jalen Daniels. Jalen Daniels, Okay. I don't. I don't think that bodes well for Illinois, who gave up 28 points to Toledo. Uh, I, I at home. I think Kansas covers the spread. Well, so this is the toughest game for me to predict. Uh, but before 
we we talk about that. Let's put a little bit of respect on Toledo's name. Like, I, I told you guys, I told you guys months ago that this was going to be a tough game for Illinois to get past Toledo. I didn't win many bets last weekend, but I did win that one. I, I, I knew that was going to be a tough test. Uh, you know, Altmeyer for Illinois, you know what he showed is that he can play. He looked really good last week in Illinois. I do think this defense does rebound a little bit. I think their pride got hurt a little bit. I, I, I don't think they're as bad as they played against Toledo. Again, put respect on Toledo's name. Uh, so I am going to go with Illinois covering this game. We, Tyler, again, I have Illinois as well. Uh, I will not be touching this game. So I, it makes it interesting with Jalen Daniel back. Uh, if he is supposed to play, that's what we're hearing, right? He will play this game. So that could be a huge challenge because Kansas backup quarterback, he did perfectly fine. Uh, apparently at Kansas, you have, can have two serviceable quarterbacks. But at Nebraska, I guess. It's funny how that work. works. Yeah. Uh, give me Illinois. Uh, number 14, Utah. Seven-point favorites at Baylor. Derek. All right, so I I, I kind of chose this game just so I could talk a little shit to you, Justin, about that Baylor losing to Texas State. Man, that had to have been a stinger. I, I it, it blew me away looking at these stats because yeah, Dave Aranda is an absolute defensive minded coach. Like I when when he got hired there, everyone expected that defense to get better. Man, they got 42 points, 441 yards, 298 pass, 143 rushing against Texas State. Now, their offense looked pretty damn good because they, they got 400, 524 yards and 416 passing. So they could throw the ball really well. Uh, I do believe uh, I heard, I, I'll give credit to Justin, that their quarterback is out. Yep. Um. And then I'm looking at Utah, and I'm sitting here going, man, their defense didn't look great. And, and the statistically, I don't, I'm still confused on how Utah won that game against Florida. Because statistically, they, I mean, they gave up 333 yards passing. They shut down the run. Uh, only gave up 13 yards rushing. Uh, the, I, I, I think Utah ultimately is still the better team. I'll, I'll say Utah covers a spread. Tyler? Well, finally in agreement with Derek, because Baylor, they don't got it. Uh, Utah does. It, it's amazing to me that we might be looking at the new kings of the Big 12 in Utah going to Baylor because, I mean, they are a real team right now in a loaded Pac-12 this year. So, I, I mean, a preview for games to come down the road. But, yeah, I... I don't know what's going on with Dave Aranda and that team down there. Um, you know, it, it doesn't look good for them. I, I don't know what – I don't know how you lose to Texas State with Baylor. I, I really – I don't know what I thought Baylor was going to be this year, but I certainly didn't see him being this. Uh, but, yeah, I think way Utah's playing, I, I just don't think there's a chance Baylor covers. You saw who that quarterback for uh, Texas State was, right? Auburn transfer T.J. Finley. So that G.J. Kinney, the head coach, he, he brought in a lot of uh, transfers from, there's some Power 5 schools there, 
But Phil Steele still had him finish in last in the place. Baylor had zero excuse for losing that one. I don't even think they were they were going to win it while Blake Sharpen was uh, healthy in the game. They struggled. And I agree with you guys. I think Utah is uh, definitely, they're probably two scores better than Baylor. This, this game is at Baylor. I wanted to go, but this will be at the same time as uh, Nebraska-Colorado. So I will have to stay home and yell at a TV here instead of yell at a, TV, yell at a tailgate there. But, yep, all three Utahs for us. Our final game of the week, number 25, Iowa. Four-point favorites over Iowa State. Derek. All right. <clears throat> so... Iowa State's defense looked pretty good. I guess I get it because it was, it was against Northern Iowa. But they looked good. They, they really shut them down pretty well. Iowa kind of struggled a little bit against Utah State. They gave up, they gave up more yards and more points than I ever thought they'd give up against Utah State. And I, I know Iowa's always got a good defense. This will be – I would hammer the under on this game. I'll tell you that much by the time it's said and done. But it, we're going against a spread here instead of the over-unders. So, while I think Iowa wins this game, I, I'm, I'm going to pick Iowa State against the spread. Iowa State. Okay. Tyler. You know, it was interesting last week. Cade McNamara came in first quarter through two touchdowns, and my worst fears were coming to reality that Iowa had their quarterback. And then as the game progressed, Cade McNamara – Looked a little bit like Jeff Sims. He kind of fell back to reality. And now I don't really know what to think of Iowa. What I do know is Kurt Ferentz owns Matt Campbell. And I don't expect that to change. I think that Iowa wins this game. I don't think it'll be that close this year. Um, I think Iowa wins and covers the spread. I have Iowa as well. So, Tyler... We have the exact same picks this week. The good news is we have like four opposite picks of Derek. So if we're right, <laughs> which we probably aren't, we can either uh, make this interesting or look like idiots this week. I'll tell you what, if, 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 if we're wrong on all the flip-flops, uh, this is going to be a really embarrassing year because Derek will have like won it right out the gate. <laughs> yeah, he's going to win one. it by like week four. <laughs> but... What I will say is probably well, I can't the most, I can't get that lucky through two weeks in a row. I'm pretty sure. So I I probably got some of these wrong. But what what I will tell you though is the most sure bet of the weekend is probably Baylor since we all three of us were on. Uh, but what game were all three of us on last week? Uh, we I don't know if there was all, one. Was there? Were we all on Colorado? North Carolina? On North Carolina. Okay, yeah, so North we were Carolina. one. All right. We weren't all three on Colorado. So no. are you? Are we trying to say that Justin's Husker Cuzcast is not a kiss of death? I, apparently not. Apparently that's a good sign. I I am myself because Clemson's getting their asses kicked right now against Duke. And yeah, I also. This, quick antidote. This was one of those weekends gambling that makes me rethink my unit size. Tee. <laughs> <laughs> It was like, it was so bad. I'm like, yeah, I can't be betting that much money every goddamn game. So hopefully, hopefully I'm giving better advice this weekend. I didn't fare well this week either in my betting, but Derek, you, uh, you, you killed it. 
Allegedly, because uh, sports gambling is not legal in Nebraska, so we're just doing this for fun. For fun. Oh. Allegedly. Oh. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Actually, actually, sports gambling is legal in Nebraska. You just have to go to a casino to do it. Yeah. You can't do it online. Yeah. Grand, Grand Island, you can go up to Fonner Park and, well, and play let's, sports let's, bets now. Yeah, we all went to Fonner Park last weekend, so. That's... <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, let's uh, let's hope the Huskers pull this one out. It's going to be fun. Uh, special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter, at Husker Cuscast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and don't forget to rate, rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. As always, go Big Red. Go Big Red.